0: Hear the word of the Lord from Mark 12 38 to 44. He also said in his teaching, beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes and who want greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues and the places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show. These will receive harsher judgment. Sitting across from the temple treasury, He watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. Summoning his disciples, he said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Truly I tell you, for they gave out of their surplus, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Peter. Thank you.
1: Gotcha. All right, let's get to it. Uh, it is our, our customary practice here uh, to preach through books of the Bible. So we're in the book of Mark, um, and we're just at the next passage. Um, I was actually excited to talk about it. Uh, one of the things that you get right off the bat when you look at the passage is we learn that what is impressive to us is often not what impresses the Lord. If you, if you were to look at the, that scene and, you know, you don't have no debit cards, right? So they're, they're dropping large sums of money. It's going to clink, you know? If you were looking at the scene, you see people just throwing a lot of money into the treasury, into the, 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 the offering plate, if you will. And then you see this Woman, maybe drop one or two coins. And from our perspective, just from looking at the scene, we would assume that the more extravagant, the more impressive one would have been the ones who were who were putting large chunks of money. But the Lord doesn't look at outward appearances; He sees the heart. Often, we think that the Lord is requiring of us large public acts, which sometimes that could be the case. But most often. The Lord is concerned with faithfulness. The Lord looks at the heart and at our capacity. And he judges based off of that. And what we learn from this passage is this, is that the Lord honors humble, sacrificial devotion. The Lord honors humble, sacrificial devotion. Let's ask the Lord for help. Father, help us to understand your word. Lord, your Holy Spirit wrote it, and your Holy Spirit can help us understand it today. So please do that by your power. Be so gracious to us that you will communicate with us this morning. Lord, we, we don't only want to understand your word, but we want to obey what we understand. So incline our hearts to hear you, and incline our hearts to obey what your word says. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, the Lord honors humble, sacrificial devotion. When you get to the first passage, it's very clear that Jesus wants us to watch out for religious pride and greed. So the first three verses in this passage says, Jesus also said in his teaching, Beware of the scribes who want to go around in long robes, who want greetings in the marketplaces, the best seats in the synagogues, and the place of honor at the banquets. They devour widows' houses and say long prayers just for show these will receive harsher judgment so the scribes they were the religious leaders of that day and jesus condemns their, the, those religious leaders for their religious pride and greed if you have been following the storyline of the bible you would know that god honors the meek the lowly the quietly obedient Yet they wanted to put on a show about how spiritual they were, what they said and the clothes that they wore. They were saying, look at me. Look how holy, look how righteous, look how close to God I am. Matter of fact, these religious leaders, they use their platform not to honor God, but to boost their own status. What's interesting is that's not just an ancient problem, is it? The same exists Today. That that someone would would grab a mic so that you would think that they were cool, not so that you could understand how good and great the Lord is. If they had to watch out for it in Jesus' day, certainly we have to watch out for it today. In other words, Jesus is saying, beware of wanting wanting to be seen because of religion. Religion. We have to make sure that we are doing devotional things, not so that other people can see, but so that God sees. Have you ever met someone who loved to quote scripture at people, but didn't actually live by it? Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I've met some people like that. All right? And I'm like, why are you telling me this? You don't even do what it's saying. That let me know, listen, they, they are quoting the scripture and learn, learning the scriptures not to be humble by it, not to be trained by it, but so that they can impress other people or even beat other people over the head with their knowledge so that you would go, oh, look how cool they are. Listen, listen you, can, you can discern what's truly uh, a humble and honoring to the Lord when you can tell it's not that somebody is saying something or doing something so that you would think they look good, but so that they could show you the goodness of the Lord. It's not a means to promote self. And Jesus addresses this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus says, Beware, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others, to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, Listen, when you do something good, you could have two rewards. One reward is you could have the temporary public honor. But if you would do it for the right reasons and not to be seen by others, you can have the reward that a good father would give. Beloved, we all have to make that choice. Do we want the reward of of temporary praise? Or do we want the reward that the father who created all things sees us and loves us that he would give? Then it matters that that when we're doing something for the Lord, that we're not doing it so that other people can see us or so that they can be impressed by us. But we're doing it so that Christ would be honored. That is the honorable path. Not only we, we shouldn't want to be seen for our religion, but... But we we need to be aware of wanting to be honored for our religion. The scribes used religion. They used the scriptures to boost their own status. That's what the text says. Flowing robes, fancy prayers. Look at me. But Jesus doesn't teach us that way. Jesus teaches us the way of the cross. The path of honor in the kingdom of God is paved with sacrifice. You don't receive honor in the kingdom if you are looking to boost your own glory. But if you would imitate Jesus Christ, the one who laid aside his glory and got on a cross for you and me. Beloved, that is the pathway to honor in the kingdom. We have to die to our sinful desires and, listen, and our desires to impress others. Listen, we're so used to seeing a cross, but you got to understand, in that day and time, the cross was not impressive. It wasn't honorable. It was disgusting. It was a tool of capital punishment. And the people who were on the cross were ridiculed and mocked. Beloved, Jesus didn't get on the cross so that people could go, oh, look how cool he is. And we can know because we know what they said. They said, oh, you are so powerful. Now, can you get yourself off the cross? Beloved, he embraced shame. Public death. in his route to please God. We have to be aware that we're not seeking worldly honor. One of the reasons is because Jesus says in John 15, 18, he says, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. That's a good pep talk, ain't it? <laughs> You're going to get hated for me, you know? <laughs> the reality is this. is There will be times when you and I have to go against the grain for the sake of Christ and the sake of truth. And if you have trained yourself to do things to impress other people, when that moment comes... When you have to go against the grain in order to honor Christ, you won't choose it. But if you know from the outset that there's some things that we'll do, I mean, there's stuff Jesus tells us to do that people like, like being nice to people, but there's some stuff he tells us to say that people don't like. So if you know off the bat, there are going to be times when because of obedience to God, I'm going to experience some problems. But you don't have to be alarmed by that because Jesus warned you that it would be that way. But if you have trained your heart that you would do religious things so that other people could see how awesome and mature you are in those moments when you have to do what's not popular, you'll fail. Not only should we beware of using religion to be seen by others or to be honored, we have to beware of using religion for greed. See, the scribes extorted money from the poor for their services. If you look in that line, it says that they devoured widows' houses. They did not truly care for the widows, for the poor, but they used them to fill their own pockets. This is damnable. That's why Jesus speaks of it. The reality is that the Lord calls those who would lead in the kingdom to serve, not to be served. Is that not what he said? He said, I "I didn't even come to be served, but I came to give my life as a ransom for many. He didn't come to be served. He came to walk the path of a servant. It even says in 1 Peter 5, 2, when he's giving instruction to those who will be pastors, he said, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly. Jesus set a path that we should follow. You're like, when have I ever used the Lord for greed? I don't know if I've done that. I remember one time I was, I was uh, at the store, and I met this guy, and we, we started talking about the Lord, and I'm like, oh, man, this is my boy. You know what I mean? We, we, were, we were driving, you know what I'm saying? We were, we, I, I felt like some connectivity, and then you know, the next day he emailed, he emailed me, and he's like, hey, by the way, I want to tell you about this business opportunity. <laughs> and uh, I politely said, I ain't really worried about your business opportunity but I like that you follow Jesus. I ain't hear from him no more. He used that connection that we had over Christ, or that I thought we had, as a means to boost his own sales. That God will judge prideful, greedy leaders harshly. Why is that? Because Jesus himself was humble and generous, and prideful, greedy leaders are an inversion of the gospel. If leaders ought to imitate Christ, but they are prideful and greedy, they are preaching by their lives a false gospel. Those who lead in the church must seek to display Christ. Because if we don't, it blasphemes what Jesus is actually like. And God cares if he's misrepresented, as would you. So we keep going in the text and we find out that Jesus does not judge like us. In verse 41 and 42 it says, Sitting across from the temple treasury, he watched how the crowd dropped money into the treasury. Many rich people were putting in large sums. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two tiny coins worth very little. As I said in the beginning, an onlooker could assume that the rich served better and did a more honorable thing than the one who was a widow that lets us know that we are always judging what we can see and we often value irregular large acts of service over consistent small ones this is an improper judgment jesus sees our true service jesus sees our acts that impress others but don't cost us very much i'll give you an example from my own life listen I talk to people about Jesus like every day of the week. And for me to get up here, it is not that much of a sacrifice for me. But for some of you, if you came and spoke, that would be much greater of a sacrifice. So I I take compliments real loosely because I don't want to take credit for something that wasn't that much of a sacrifice. Listen, there are things that that you do that might impress others, but they don't cost you a whole lot. So you need to guard your own heart. That's why when someone says to me, like, good word or good sermon or something like that, I say, praise God. I want you to understand. I'm reminding myself. Don't be a dummy, Will. (laughs) Don't you take that glory. It's not yours. Jesus sees our acts that impress no one, but cost us much. The widow gave more in comparison than the rich Right? And he sees that, and he honors that. Jesus sees when, when you have forgiven that person that pains you and hurt you greatly, and nobody else might have seen it, but Christ sees it, and he honors it. What I love is that the scripture teaches us that Jesus judges based on our capacity. Let me explain. She gave all she had, though it was very little. And Jesus said, I see that. I, I, I will honor that. I want you to understand something. The fact that she had very little was not a judgment about her character. So let me make it plain. All of us in here have different capacities for different things. Some of us are more outgoing than others. Some of us have more money than others. Pick the thing. And oftentimes, we are judging each other based off of Capacity. In the sense of, well, you can't do what I do, therefore you're wrong. Well, friend, you might not know their capacity. So you need to be very careful. You need to be very careful. If you are judging people based on what your capacity is, you do not assign moral value to capacity. God is the one who sovereignly gives that. It, it, it really burdens my heart because I feel like a lot of people have been hurt because they are judging people off of what is normal or easy for them. But there are some things that you and I can do that will be really easy for us that could be very incredibly difficult for others. So we have to judge generously. And when we continue in the verse, we learn that Jesus honors humble Sacrificial worship, 43 and 44, it says, summoning his disciples, he said to them, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. For they all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. We see that Jesus is honoring this humble devotion. Listen, I want you to understand: if a crowd was going and giving to this treasury, the one they would notice would not be her. That they would have, she just would have slid past their view. But but when Jesus is looking, he sees her and he honors her. Nobody saw this widow, but Christ. But she served anyway, and Jesus said, "I will honor that." Jesus sees our kind words, our acts of forgiveness, our hard-fought obedience that nobody might see. But you need to understand that Jesus sees. And when he sees you, make those small acts of obedience that nobody else sees. You need to understand that he is looking at you and he is proud. He sees, he honors, and he will reward not, not only does Jesus honor humble devotion, but Jesus honors sacrificial devotion. It says, the widow gave all she had. This should put to us the question, does your service to the Lord cost you something? Does it cost you something? Does it cost you money? Does it cost you, does it cost you something? Because, beloved, if it doesn't cost you something, then it's not sacrificial oftentimes when we think about uh, honoring the lord obeying the lord serving the lord we look at our lives and we go where can i fit it in can i just slide it out i'm free that day let me slide it in there beloved that's not sacrificial does it cost you something does It costs you something jesus honors that stop trying to squeeze the lord around your schedule and make your schedule his schedule it might cost you something, but I guarantee you that Jesus sees it and that he honors it and that he'll reward it. The thing I love about Jesus is every single thing he teaches, he himself embodied. The Lord Jesus Christ lived a humble, sacrificial life. I think about the fact that, 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 the infinite God, the one who was worshipped by myriads and myriads of angels, stepped down in the flesh, came as a baby, and was born in a dirty manger. Is that not humility? Or I think about as Jesus was growing up how the Bible says that you ought to honor your mother and father. And I just think about that, that really interesting dynamic there that Jesus Christ the son of God, the creator of all things, when his mama says, go do something, she, he says, yes, ma'am. I can imagine that sometimes his mama was wrong, because she was fallible. But nonetheless, Jesus, in humility, honors his imperfect parents and leaders. Not only does he live a humble life, a a life of of, of obscurity, a life of a humble carpenter or working class life, nothing that would would, would make you think, who he's so special, just a normal, sacrificial life. Not only that, but in his ministry, he endured slander and persecution. In Matthew 12, 24, it says, when the Pharisees, those are his opponents, when the Pharisees heard about jesus casting out demons they said this man drives out demons only by beelzebub the ruler of demons they just called that man the son of satan he endured this slander he endured the fact that people were planning his death even in a couple passages before that before we what we just read they are planning his death they are plotting to kill him And he died a sacrificial death. Philippians 2.8 says Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. Beloved, Jesus calls us to humble sacrificial service. But he calls us as one who has lived that out and has died for that purpose. Now, here's the cool thing. He might have died a humble and sacrificial and painful death, but I want you to hear this. Jesus was honored because of his honor, his his humble, sacrificial obedience. I think one of the reasons that God raised Jesus from the dead is so nobody would get it twisted. Everybody who died on the cross was probably guilty of something, but God said, just so you know he's not guilty, I'm going to raise him up. Death could not hold that righteous one. And not only did he rise from the dead, the scripture says that he ascended and he is raised above all authority. Philippians 2 it says, for this reason, because of his humble death on the cross, for this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And now this humble and sacrificial savior offers forgiveness and life to all who have been prideful and pursued pleasure. Beloved, that's me and you. He ran the race much better than us. But he didn't look at us and go, you ran that real bad. He goes, I, I got something to give you. I got some forgiveness to give you. So, so, so maybe you're here maybe you don't yet follow Jesus. But what I would call you to do is that you would humble yourself and come to him. That you would give him your life. And he will forgive you and reward you forever. If our Savior is humble and sacrificial why would we not come to him he's already demonstrated that he doesn't do things just so that he would look good or he would feel good but he laid down his life for you so why would you not come to him when he has demonstrated how much he loves you come to this humble sacrificial savior we don't only need to come to him we ought to sacrificially give to his kingdom I'm going to just be real transparent and honest with y'all. The topic of giving to the church makes me uncomfortable because of my past. Because I was taught something called the prosperity gospel. The teaching that if it's almost like you're doing an investment. You give X amount to the church and God miraculously gives you double X amount. And it's made me very timid to talk about this topic. But I want to be faithful to the Lord. Jesus commended the woman for what? Giving. He commended her for giving. And so here's the reality there's the temptation for those who have much not to give sacrificially. If you got stacks, you could throw one stack over here and ain't, ain't no sweat off you. You do what you want to do. The question is in your giving to the church, in your giving to God's kingdom, do you feel it? There's no sweat off your back. It's not sacrificial. There also is a temptation for those who have little not to give sacrificially. Like, I ain't got nothing, no way. If you have little, is an act of faith to give. You remember that Jesus sees you and he will take care of you. Jesus says in Matthew 16 and 1, says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, so, beloved, we're supposed to give sacrificially to the church and to the ministry, not, not so that you can make me happy or anybody else happy. It's not about what anybody else thinks. But am I showing humble and sacrificial devotion to the Lord? A lot of people ask, how much should I give? Well, first, I don't know. You need to ask the Lord. If so I give you a measuring stick. <laughs> Every time there is an amount given, it's always 10%. So I use it as a measuring stick. So if you, if you got a lot of money, you're like, oh, that's easy. Well, maybe you need to get a little bit more than 10%. <laughs> it's easy to you. If you don't got a lot of money, you're like, that's impossible. Maybe you can work towards it. But nonetheless, Jesus sees our sacrificial devotion. He sees our obedience, and he will reward it. So Not only do we have to faithfully give according to our capacity, we ought to give ourselves to unseen service because we know that Jesus sees. The, the people that you serve most often are those that we are already connected to through our roles and responsibilities. The people that I have the opportunity to serve are the people I live with, my wife and my children. Most of your unseen service will be towards your family, friends, coworkers, our neighbors. And that might not feel special, but that's the point. That's the point. You serve those around you in these unseen, sacrificial ways, expecting not to be rewarded by those looking, but the one who sees all. And beloved, this includes serving in the church as well. I want you to understand something. Serving in the church must go beyond what you think is personally satisfying. I want you to imagine a scenario in which I tell one of my kids to take out the trash. And he goes, I don't feel like the Lord called me to do that. <laughs> I'm Like, did you help make the trash?
0: I mean, like, what, you mean?
1: what do you mean the Lord ain't called you? to? We gotta do it. And you're here. Why can't you not? I just, the Lord didn't come down in the vision and tell me that I should take out the trash. Well, you better get the trash out, dog. You look in there. There's some of your stuff in there. You feel me? So let's be real. Don't be contributing to the trash if you ain't going to take it out. You feel what I'm stepping in? If you're a part of a family, you do family chores. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you, if, if my if my children don't do that chore, my wife, who has chores that they can't do, has to do more. Understand that when you sit back and do not serve, you are heaping burdens on other people. You need to understand that. Serving is a way that you can show love to those who are serving greatly. I want you to understand, sir. There, there are people in this church who probably serve too much. They, would be happy about it, but they probably serve too much. But one of the reasons that they serve is because their stuff needs to get done. And if you sitting there going, "Well, I don't feel called," I, I don't care if you feel called. The trash got to get taken out. Maybe I don't want to take the trash out. But maybe you could take some of it out. Well, we sacrifice for the mission of the church because it's our family. And you don't like everything you have to do for your family, do you? You're not like just grinning in your ear, changing a diaper. But somebody got to do it. So, beloved, don't, don't, don't let the excuse be that that doesn't personally satisfy me. Because we're a family. We have stuff to do. The Lord honors humble, sacrificial devotion. He sees it when we serve when we don't want to. He sees it when we show kindness, and we don't feel like it in our hearts. He sees it when we give, and it hurts. He sees it, beloved. He sees it, and he will honor it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word and how it uh, how it challenges. It challenges. It uh, convicts. But but you don't challenge and convict for no reason. You challenge and convict so that you might heal, that you might. Uh, sanctify, that you might make better. So Lord Jesus Christ, I'm asking you that you would use your word to make us more like you. In Jesus' name, amen.